Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold Faith Community Church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith, and apply the Word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the Word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling, and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? Are we live? First of all, I didn't hear any of the um, intro. I don't know if I broke it or what. It was probably me. Don't worry. Good morning. It's good because I'm ready to jump in anyway. Good morning. Let me know where y'all are tuning in from. I am Pastor Courage Molina Bold Faith Community Church. Let me get my mind right. <laughs> and I am so glad that y'all are here on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's a beautiful morning here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I hope it is beautiful where you are, or at the very least, you can find the beauty in... Um, you know, in the weather that you have right now. Now, listen, don't forget to spring forward tonight. We lose an hour of time. Um, It's one of the few nights of the week where I feel like I slept in, you know, like one of the few nights of the year where I feel like I slept in because I'm like, oh, look at me. I woke up at eight o'clock, but really it was the old school seven o'clock, but it still feels um really, really good to feel like I slept in. So be sure um to do that. Okay. I wonder where people from Ohio say the Ohio State. Are there other Ohio States? I, I don't think there are, but maybe. But I saw that on the back of somebody's car the other day. I'm like, really? The Ohio State? But I'm not going to play Ohio. I went to Columbus to see my best friend. It was really nice. I mean, I was shocked. I was shook. I was like, oh, Ohio do got something. <laughs> it had some cold, but it had a lot of other stuff too. It was really, really nice. All right, let me get focused. Now listen, typically I am a really focused person. Like my my ability to focus like is so great. I can be so focused. I put my phone on focus time. It pretty much lives on focus time. Uh, people can't call. They can't get through. Friends are annoyed before they even get ready to um, send me a message or to give me a call because they know that they are not going to be able to get through. And um, I even use like a little message. It sends them like I'm busy. I'm studying. I'm focused, man. Right. Sometimes I put stuff like that. But I can really be focused, which is great. I put my focus time on so that I can meditate on the word of God so I can pray and not be distracted. Um, it increases my level of productivity and, you know, all of that keeps me on the straight and narrow. Uh, but here's the thing, though. I don't discriminate with my focus. Like, I can legit see one thing and focus on that. That's why I get caught staring at people. It's not because I mean to stare. And, and I look, <laughs> I don't mean to stare. It's just that I get so focused and I get in my head and I'm trying to figure something out. And so now it's kind of messing me up. I was in Target one time, uh, me and Olivia, I know Olivia remembers this. I was in um, in Target one time and there was this, I'm going to call him an old man. He was an old man, right? He was probably, you know, I ain't going to say how old he was, but he was an old man. And he was like walking towards me, like, and I, we were like going in opposite directions or whatever. And he had this visor on. Y'all know the visor, like, let your hair stick out in the top. Well, his hair at the top looked like teddy bear, like a teddy bear. Do you know what a teddy bear is? It looked like little sparse and spiked up teddy bear hair. And so, so when I saw him, when I saw him, I got focused on him. I saw that hair. I couldn't look away, though. <laughs> I was like staring because I was in my head and I was trying to figure out now <laughs> why is his hair like that is that his hair I mean and if it's <laughs> is that what hair transplant looks like is it like plugs 
And then I thought, well, if your hair look like that, why are you wearing a visor? Why is he not wearing like a cap? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was staring so hard that when he got close to me, because we were, you know, we were coming down a long aisle, that when he got close to me, um, he like picked his visor up and I could see that it was, an, it was actually, it wasn't a visor. It was a hat. And so he was like, <laughs> like that until I laughed and I was like oh like that lady's like that's what you get and he laughed too you know it was fine but it's because I get so focused I saw this um yesterday you know I got up and yesterday was uh it did not go as planned it, it wasn't like there weren't big things that didn't go right I woke up and my phone was dead um because my husband can hear me because um, I lost the charger to the iPhone. This is the second one in like 30 days, y'all. I don't know what's happening, but it was dead. And so I was looking for it and that kind of threw me off. I was supposed to have a call yesterday morning and didn't have a call. The long guy was supposed to come, but it was raining yesterday. So I knew the long guy wasn't going to be able to come. And I only want him coming on Fridays. I do not want him coming on Saturday because obviously I'm preaching on Saturday. And then um, the cleaning lady was supposed to come at nine o'clock, but she was like, she couldn't come till 1030. And I was just like already feeling like, Bleh. you know, I was so focused on what was going wrong. I could not like, I just couldn't get over it. I was so focused on what was going on. I couldn't get over it. Um, so what do you do when you can't focus? You scroll on, on Facebook. That's what I do. Maybe that's not what you do. And I saw this thing. Um, let me see if I can find it for you. Um, I saw this thing and I was like, you know how Facebook shows you your, your memories. So I saw this memory. Now I should have been better prepared to show you all this, but just give me a second. I definitely want to read it to you. Um, because it was just, it was just like me. That's what I thought. I was like, boy, this is actually really, really good. Here we go. Recents. It's from 2015, which is eight years ago. Um, and it was just, it's, I probably saw somebody else's memory. And so then I started looking at my memories because I was already feeling away. I was focused on what wasn't going right and thinking about how I wasn't going to be able to get the things done that I planned on getting done. I was waiting on a new charger to come from Amazon that kept getting delayed. It was just, a, just it was just not what I thought was going to happen. So March 10th, 2015, um, I, I wrote, side note, I would really love a job where I was paid well. And I could wear jeans, leggings, and maxi dresses every day, depending on the season. I also think I would be a much better teacher if I were wearing that, if I were wearing what I love. Isn't there a study somewhere to back that up? I'm just saying. Could tomorrow be jeans day for teachers? My jeans look better than what some of them are wearing because <laughs> I was rude in 2015. <laughs> right. And so then I started thinking about you know, the past and how I was used to drive to school every day and I was working. And then I started thinking about the present. I got focused on the present and I was like, this is so bananas what I said. And I was just kind of like, that was kind of tongue in cheek, honestly. Right. Side note, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if like, it was just like that kind of thing. Like it wasn't really that serious, but I looked back and then I started thinking about those days where I was driving to work and I was thinking about how great it would be if I could, you know, do my own thing and do something I love. I used to tell the Lord, I don't have to make a lot of money if I can replace my income as a teacher, I could make it work. That's the thing I would do. And to realize that while I was focused on things that didn't really matter, I was living in a present uh, manifestation of prayer. Right. This was something I wished for, I hoped for, I desired. And now this is my life. My annoyances from Friday were really based on the fact that I got what I wanted. And so it, it that can happen. Like being focused is great, but sometimes you can get focused on the wrong thing. Sometimes you can get focused on the past, the things that didn't go right, the things that got messed up, the hopes that you had, uh, what somebody did to you, how it didn't work out, the embarrassment that you felt, the heartbreak, the loss, the grief, um, the, the battles that you've had, and, and maybe you even feel like you lost some, the things that you have had to go through to get to where you are. We can sometimes get focused on our past. We can get focused on the past of who we were and what we used to do and what people used to say about us. <clears throat> excuse me, we can get focused on those things. We can also sometimes get focused on the present. We can get so focused 
on the trouble that we have right now. We could get so focused on the discomfort that we have right now that we can forget that we have a future. We can get focused on the past and sometimes we can get focused on the future and that focus will take us down what I like to call a rabbit hole of darkness and despair. I often find, I, I know that maybe I shouldn't share this with you, but I often find that when I get focused on my shortcomings and I focus on those a lot, when I get focused on what I don't have in the present when I focus on what I used to do and how things used to be, sometimes uh, that will distract me from what God is trying to do or what God is preparing to do. But this morning, I want to remind you that no matter what your past was, I know sometimes we can get focused on that, some of the things that you did, no matter what happened to you in your past, no matter what somebody did to you in your past, no matter what you did to yourself, sometimes we're in a situation we did it to ourselves. We know that we shouldn't have gone that date, we went on that date. We know we should have went to school, we go to school, we decided to skip school. We know that we shouldn't have been doing those things. We shouldn't have spent that money, but instead we spent that money. We ran that credit up, whatever it was. I want you to understand that no matter what is happening or what has happened in your past, that you are still chosen by God. Yes, you were messy, but you're chosen. Yes, you was wretched, but you're chosen. Yes, you had low self-esteem, but you're chosen. Yes, they mistreated you but you're chosen, right? Messed up, but chosen, ratchet, but chosen. That's where really where I wanna talk to you about if you are looking for a title um, on today, it is, but chosen. I'm going through something right now. Who, drop in the chat if you going through something. Like it's something right now, like bruh, really and truly, I'm, I got a situation right now that I could use a little supernatural help. There are some things that you are dealing with right now that, that you're more focused on than where you're going. You, you might have a difficult circumstance. I've watched um, Laverta. I'm going to put it on Laverta just in case y'all watch it. Okay, it's Laverta. Laverta came over yesterday and um, we watched um, we watched the stand-up comic, uh, Chris Rock. We watched Chris Rock's thing. It's Laverta's fault. We watched Chris Rock's thing. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of things. It was a lot of things. I'm not recommending that you watch it. I'm watching it or don't watch it, whatever. But, um... He's, he was talking about his daughters and how they're spoiled or whatever. And he was like, he's broke. And I started to think like, oh, he identifies as broke. That's what he said. He's rich, but he identifies as broke. And I thought to myself, huh, I bet you some people are actually broke though, right? Or we feel actually broke. And so that's the thing. You can be a lot of things. I'm, I'm not disputing. I'm not here to argue with you. I'm not here to say that your past wasn't bad. I'm not here to say that you wasn't a hoe. I'm not here to say that you didn't sleep with married men. I'm not here to say that you didn't listen to God. I'm not here to say that you played small when God was calling you to do something. I'm not here to say that. I'm saying, but chosen. You're that, but chosen. Broke, but chosen. Broken, maybe, but chosen. Healing, but chosen. Overcoming, but chosen. Struggling, but chosen. That's what I want. Anything, anytime the enemy says something to you this week that calls into question the future that you have, I want you to be like, yeah, you're right. But chosen. Right? Because you've still been chosen. This week, we've been looking at um, the book of Acts chapter 9. And uh, there's so much in chapter 9. I'm going to just give y'all, listen, I'm already 14 minutes in. I'm going to just give y'all a real quick background um, before we get to our scripture. Or you know what? Let's read the scripture first. And then we can see, we'll see how we got there. So go with me now to uh, Acts chapter 9. We're going to look at verses 15 and 16. We're really going to look at verse 15. I really, I decided right before we got on here, the Lord decided that we really going to look at verse um, 15, but we'll read verses 19 or uh, 15 through 16. You know, when you get there, drop in the chat. Amen. So I know you there. Amen. Drop an amen. So I know that you're there. I know that there's a little bit of a lag, but I want us to read this um, together. So we've been in Acts and Acts chapter nine is, is um, it's got a lot going on. We're really going to focus on Saul today. 
um, Saul and Ananias. We're going to look at everybody in this one little scripture, but um, really going to focus on Saul and Ananias. But I want to give you the background. Um, so we're looking at Acts chapter 9, verse 15 and 16. And I'm reading from the ESV English Standard Version. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Amen. Short. Short and sweet. That's it. Um, that's the, And we're really only going to focus on verse 15, but I want to give some background. I know I'm pulling back here a little bit because I feel hot already. All right. So Saul persecuted the church. Before we get to verse 15, Saul was persecuting the church and he was persecuting the church with zeal. After the murder, the sanctioned murdering of Stephen, our first martyr, um, he, he had even more steam. It was like, yes, now let's get him, right? Even more. He was highly educated in the law and these believers, these followers of Jesus seem to be leading people astray, telling people that Jesus was the Messiah. They seem to be le leading um, people astray, right? And so he was like, oh, we're not about to do that. So he was in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, he started to arrest men and women throughout Jerusalem. He was putting them in prison. He was having them flogged. And so then the believers started to um, started to scatter. Where were they scattered? They were scattered into Judea, Samaria, and all through the ends of the earth, as the Lord had told them to do anyway. But as they went, they also spread the gospel. And so Saul was like, mm -mm. once he was done in Jerusalem... And he had um, packed all the folks up. He probably was going around with like a paddy wagon. Y'all remember Jump Out Crew? Used to get out and pick, get a whole bunch of people. No, just me because I'm from the hood. Okay, well, that's basically what Paul was doing in Jerusalem. He was getting all the people and putting them in prison, men and women, anybody that was known to um, be about the way he was beating them. He was having them flogged so that um, they would they would blaspheme the name of Christ, but you know, people weren't doing it. And so they were scattering and going to places. After he was done rounding them up in Jerusalem, he went to go see the high priest and he asked the high priest for a letter so that he could go to another city, Damascus. Now, let me tell you something about Damascus. Damascus, um, boy, location, listen, location is very important. I'm gonna stay focused though, but location is very important. Damascus is a place uh, where a lot of people are coming through. It is a highly traveled area. People from all over are coming through there. So if you wanted to spread the gospel, Damascus, or spread really anything, anything, Damascus would be a good place to go. And so he goes to the high priest and he wants to get a letter from the high priest in Jerusalem so that he could take it to the high priest in Damascus so that he would have permission to grab those that were um, following the way and spreading this heresy he felt like they were heretics, spreading this heresy um, and pulling people away from the law and pulling them away from, you know, Judaism and, and all of that. Right. So he wanted permission. So he was like, y'all give me permission. They gave it to him. He packed up him and his boys. They got a wagon. They got all their stuff together. They was like, mm -mm, let's go. And then on the road to Damascus, Paul gets knocked down off his high horse by Jesus. And Jesus is like. Why are you pursuing me? I ain't got time to go into how good that is. I know in some versions, it's like, why are you persecuting me? But that persecution, it's not persecuting the way we think of persecution. He was saying, why are you pursuing me? Why are you coming after me? So, and Paul is on the ground. He was like, who are you? He's like, I'm Jesus, the one you beefing with. And so why are you doing this? And so he tells him to get up. The men that are with him, they can hear a voice. They don't understand what's being said, but they can hear a voice. They probably don't understand what's being said because most of them back then spoke Aramaic. Jesus was probably speaking to Paul in Hebrew, right? So Paul spoke Hebrew. He understood the men with him probably did not. Um, they could also see the light. He did not see the light. He saw Jesus, okay? He didn't have, he didn't see the light. He saw Jesus. And so when he got up, he was like, go to this place. I'm going to tell you where to go. He's telling him where to go. Um, but when he got up, he realized he couldn't see. So the men had to guide him blinded and um, God sent him, Jesus sent him to a house to wait for further instructions. Now listen, 
already in Damascus, by the time this happens, by the time Paul gets to this place, already in Damascus is Ananias. Ananias is a disciple and he is given a vision while he is in um, Damascus and he is given instructions. Hey, there's this man that's right now sitting in this house over here and he's praying. Saul, I want you to go to him and I want you to lay hands on him so that he would regain sight. And you know, Ananias did, Ananias reminded God, because I guess, I mean, I know God don't forget, but don't you think sometimes God forgot something? Don't you sometimes like when the Lord tell you to do something and then you out here in these streets planting a church <laughs> and things aren't going as smoothly as you had hoped, but you knew it was going to be roughy, rough anyway. You knew it's going to be a bumpy ride and you'd be like, you remember when I told you it was going to be bumpy? Well, it's bumpy, right? Like you want to remind, you want to remind God of, of things like you want to remind him. Nobody ever wants to remind God. Y'all just be like, oh, I'm sure you know. No, I'd be wanting to remind more. And so does Ananias. So he reminded God of Saul's reputation. He reminded God of all the things that Saul, just in case the Lord forgot. I know you want me to go lay hands on this man, but just in case you forgot, let me let you know what he has done. I have heard from many people. I don't know if you heard, Lord, about this man. This is verse 13. But I have heard from me about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here, and the reason he here on this route, the reason that he is in this location right now, is because he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. And I don't, I know you want me to go pray for him because he blind. But let me just tell you, let me just remind you about his past. The enemy ever remind you about your past? You ever been in a situation like Ananias where the Lord is telling you to do something and you want to remind him about the behavior of the person he wants you to bless, the one he's asking you to pour into, the one he wants you to forgive again and support again and give to again and open up your home to again and open up your heart to again? Do you ever find yourself reminding the Lord what that spouse did and what he said and how he said it and how you felt when he said it? Do you ever find yourself when the Lord is telling you to give more grace and have more love and have more patience? You ever tell the Lord, like, do you ever remind him? Now, this is the same one that was doing X, Y, Z. You, you ever do that? Just me. Maybe it's just me. It's cool. And so Jesus responds, go, for he's the chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And so then Ananias goes to find Saul praying. And so he, he, he prays for him and the scales fall off. And then Saul goes on into the future after this, after our scripture to do great things. Do you know who Saul becomes? Saul becomes Paul. Paul comes one of the greatest voices in early church. Um, Paul, Paul goes on because Saul changes his name to Paul, right? Paul goes on to write most of the New Testament that we have right now. So there's a lot of things, but I just want to focus on Verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And uh, sometimes when I look at the word and the, and the Lord gives me a verse or I'm pulled towards a verse, what I like to do is, um, is just look at each word, like one word and, and think about what that really means. So that's what we're going to do. I hope you guys don't mind that we do it this way. It's not as preachy, but it is, uh, but it'll teach and it'll transform. And that's what really what we're looking for. So I hope y'all don't mind um, us taking it this route. So in the, we're in the ESV first word is, but this word, but means instead of responding the way you would expect based on what was just said or what was happened uh, based on the previous um, statement or information, but implies that the thing that's going to come after it is going to be a contradictory um, response to it's going to it's going to laugh in the face of um, what is logical and reasonable, what's going to come after. But so before this, but we know that Ananias is telling Jesus who um, Saul is, right? God has told him to do something and he's saying, yeah, here's the thing though. Let me tell you what I know about this man. And the very first word that the author Luke uses is, but 
that lets you know that what God is going to say is not going to be how you think it would go. So when you bring up your past, when you are reminded of the things that um, that you used to do, when the enemy is reminding you of the things that you used to do, when you are reminding the Lord of the things that somebody else used to do, when those things are coming up in your mind, you might expect for the Lord to say, you know what, you are right. I did forget that they've been doing all of these things. I forgot that Saul was the one who killed Stephen, who was one of the seven. I forgot that Saul is the one that's been persecuting me, but that's not what happens. The author starts with the word, but it lets us, the reader, know that what comes after that, that God's response isn't going to be like your response. Anybody glad that God doesn't respond the way man responds? The next word is the Lord, but the Lord. This Lord is the resurrected, risen, ascended son of God. He is the savior, the one whose name and whose way is causing all the trouble. The one who Ananias believes in, trusts in, is following. And Ananias is a disciple. The one who you have modeled your life after, but that one said, the word said means he spoke. Let me just tell you something. He didn't just say what up. He didn't say, hey, this is not just a response. They are not pontificating. They're not brainstorming. They're not negotiating. They're not going back and forth. When the Lord speaks to you, he expects for you to obey it. He is speaking with purpose. His words bring life or his words bring absolute death and destruction, right? The Lord's words do, do something in this world. They don't just come back void. Please remember that when God said, said, he spoke, let there be light, things move, light came to into existence. When he said, let when he when he said something, right? When the Lord said something, things start to change. Whoever, whatever he is speaking to begins to get in line. When he said, Lazarus, get up. You know what happened? Lazarus got up when he spoke a word. When he went to the daughter's house, the, the, the man's house and his daughter was there and he spoke a word. Things respond. So the Lord is not just talking to talk. His words are not just hopeful words. That His words carry with them soldiers. You remember the centurion soldier who was like, you don't have to come with me. This is the same Jesus that is speaking to Ananias. He says, you don't have to come with me. I am a man of authority and I'm a man that's under authority. So when I tell my men, when I open my mouth as a centurion to tell my men to do things, they do it. So I know that all you got to do is stand right here next to me and say a word and things will begin to change. You understand what I'm saying? So the Lord, that same Lord, Jesus spoke. They not just chatting. This ain't no chat. When Jesus says something, it is with purpose. It has a purpose. He expects for you to hear it, for you to understand it, and for you to obey it. He said it to him. Who is he talking to? He said it to Ananias, who was already in the city that Saul planned to travel to, to round up all of the believers and the followers of what they call the way, right? It was him. He was talking to the one who saw the vision. Sometimes we think that the reason that the Lord's will doesn't get done on the earth is because there are not enough believers. Come on, Jesus. But sometimes it's because God is speaking to a believer who has a vision. Anybody a believer that's got a vision. And when the Lord spoke to your heart, you had a good start, but you didn't follow through. You heard what he said and you started clapping and hallelujah. And maybe you started crying and maybe you started speaking in tongues, but it didn't move you. I wonder what the world would look like if we had believers who, when they heard, Heard God speak moved like the light did. God said, let there be light and light that did not exist came into existence. Jesus spoke to a man who was in a coffin on his way to his burial. And he said, get up. And a man who did not know Jesus, a man who had not heard Jesus, a man who was not praying to Jesus, his life came back into him and he got up. Even the dead respond when God speaks. But we believers who are a part of the living, we are in the land of the living. I wonder what it would look like if we who had a vision from God 
heard God speak and moved according to his instruction because that's who God is talking to. God is not just talking to some believer who sits in the background. He's not just talking to somebody who come to church and then leave. He's not just talking to somebody who put a little bit in the collection plate. He is talking to someone who has made the decision to model their life after his teaching and to go out and spread the gospel even at the threat of death and flogging and imprisonment. That's who he's talking about. This ain't no weak believer. Are you hearing me? This is a man who is willing to go out and take a risk. His life is at risk, not just his lifestyle. Come on, somebody, not just his reputation. You understand? His actual safety is at risk. That is who the Lord was talking to. The word says, uh, the Lord said to him, who is him? Ananias, the one with the vision, the gospel spread the gospel spreader, he is actually already going out, spreading the gospel. He said this to the one who was struggling with the assignment. Anybody struggling with the assignment? <clears throat> Are there any believers? I said, I'm just going to teach. Let me get out of here. I'm going to teach. Are there any believers who are on assignment? God gave you an assignment. He gave you instructing. There was a prompting in your spirit. There was something he told you to do. Is there a believer, a Christ follower? Is there a disciple? I'm not talking about those who attend. I'm talking about those who have committed their life, not to Bold Faith Community Church, but you have committed your life to Christ. I'm going to learn to be more like Christ. I'm going to pick up my cross and die daily. I'm, I'm going to renew my mind every day. I'm going to change the way I think, speak, my attitude, my perspective, so that I'm more in alignment with God. Is there any believer out here who got an assignment from God who is currently on their assignment from the Lord, but you're struggling with the assignment? You're struggling with the last bit of instruction. You're struggling with the part of the path that you're on right now. You're struggling with the situation in your marriage. You're struggling with the situation in your ministry. You're struggling with the situation in your money. You're struggling with the situation in your mind. God put you on assignment and you have said, you know what? I'm a soldier. And y'all know that old song? In the army of the Lord. That means I'm I, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm a part. I want to be a part of the number. I'm out here on assignment. I'm not just sitting over here consuming. I'm here to contribute. I'm here to move because I'm part of the body. And right now I'm on an assignment, and I got a struggle. Are there any believers with a vision? And a nice. I think I, I don't know if y'all think I'm lying to y'all, but I just want to read the word to y'all. I don't want you to take my word for it. Um. Okay, verse 10. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision. What did Ananias have? A vision. Anybody got a vision? Any believer, any disciple of Christ got a vision? And the Lord's given you an assignment. And now you are struggling. Is there anybody that's got that going on right now? Anybody got that going on? Right now, hmm, maybe it's just Ananias. He said to him, but the Lord said to him, Ananias, go. That word go means move. Do what I already told you to do and do it now. God gave Ananias instruction. Ananias told him something, gave the Lord some information that maybe the, the Lord had overlooked. Maybe it got lost. Maybe the text message wasn't delivered. Maybe the Lord's cell phone was dead. So Ananias was like, I don't know if you've seen what's happening on here, but let me tell you who this dude is. And so now God is telling him again, he's repeating himself. He's repeating himself. And all he says this time is go. He doesn't give any further instruction. Why does he give any further instruction? He doesn't give any further instruction because I already told you what to do. Some of you are waiting for further instruction. Come on, Jesus. Some of you are waiting for further instruction, but God has already told you what to do. So he ain't saying that it's up for go. Do, but what you want me to do? The last thing I told you to do, I just told you what to do. You kind of got started, but you didn't see it through. I want you to see it through. Go. The next word in the verse is four. That tells us that there is a reason which will be shared or explained. There's a reason. I'm not just telling you to go do as I say, not as I do. I'm not just telling you to go and do it. And I'm not, no, no, no. He's got a relationship. He's going to explain to him for, he's about to give him the reason. He's going to tell him. He's going to, he's going to share with him. 
Um, I was on a call yesterday and we we're talking about the importance of transparency in ministry. There could be a reason. You, we are in relationship. Let's share the reason. That's why so many struggle, right? Because it doesn't seem that doesn't seem to be a lot of transparency in ministry leadership. That is, that is, that that's a problem. Jesus Himself, who does not owe Ananias no explanation. Let's keep it 100 now. He don't owe Ananias no explanation. But Ananias is a disciple who's been doing good work and he's sitting him on the summit and he's telling him what for. For there is a reason which will be shared and explained. He, but the Lord said to him, go for he. Next word in the verse is he. Who are we talking about? Saul. Saul who sanctioned Stephen's murder. Saul who hunts down believers. Saul who has believers flogged, Saul who has believers imprisoned, and Saul who would not hesitate to have believers um, executed, Saul who is in Damascus himself right now for that very purpose of flogging, imprisoning, putting up for trial, executing. But the Lord said to him, go for he, Saul, that one is. I love the word is. Every word in this verse, baby, we about to do all the work. I, I promise you we're going to get out. Is. That, that word is, it's a verb. And it implies present tense. Okay. Oh, this is so good. It implies present tense. Currently, not later, not when he changes, but as we stand here talking, as we stand here talking, Saul, who sanctioned the murder of Stephen, Saul, who has been gathering up men and women, Saul, that one right now. He talking to, he's about to tell him who he is right now. Not later, not, not when things get smoother, not when he changes his name to Paul, not when he starts to, you know, write these epistles, not when he starts preaching and teaching in the synagogue. Right now, is means present. A, even the word A, come on, Jesus. He's not the only one, but among the others. Let me, let me just go back. Move. He says, but the Lord said, it says, but the Lord said to him, go for he is right now a, not the only one. He's not the, he's one of many. <laughs> I wonder if the Lord was reminding him, he is one like you. He is a one among others chosen. Right now, he is a chosen. He is, he's the killer. He is persecuting. He is out here doing the most. He's a hater. He didn't come. He now he out of town trying to wrangle people up and take them back. These folks then left where they were from, and now they out here trying to find some place to stay with their family, their cousins, and anybody else who might be sympathetic. These folks are on the underground railroad right now, trying to get free. You understand what I'm saying? And he like, uh, uh this same soul is a chosen, selected. Let me tell you what this word chosen means. It means chosen implies a selection. If it's the only one that's available, it's not a choice. It's not chosen. It's it's just there. The enemy ever make you feel like you're just there? You're not chosen. Like the Lord didn't pick you. Like there weren't a hundred million trillion other people he could have chosen. Right? The Lord, the the enemy be making you feel like sometimes, like well. He ain't had nobody else, so he just picked you. That's why, like, you the last kid picked for dodgeball or something. Chosen implies that you were selected among others. And therefore, your selection, the fact that you were selected is what qualifies you. The fact that you are selected 
is what makes you worthy. The fact that you are selected is what makes you capable. Do you understand that the worthiness, the qualification, the capability does isn't does not precede you? It doesn't come before you are chosen. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I mean by that is that God is not looking at these qualifiers to choose you. He's, he's not looking to see what Saul is doing right now. Because if he looked at what Saul is doing right now, clearly he's not the right pick. Oh, I'd be telling the Lord, I'm like, clearly I'm not the right pick because I'm still struggling dealing with A, B, C. Clearly I'm not the right one. Clearly I'm not the right person that should be leading a church. Certainly I'm not the one who should be planning a church and, and starting a church because this is what's going on with me and I don't have this and I don't have that. And, and even other people, they see I ain't got it either. Right? Other people see I ain't got it. Also, they see I don't meet the qualifications. I don't quite stack up. I'm not the, I'm the wrong one. I shouldn't be chosen. Isn't it a beautiful thing that it's the choosing of you? It's It's the finger of God that qualifies you it's the finger of God that makes you worthy. It's the finger of God that makes you capable. It's the finger of God. That, it's the one that gives you power. It's not that he's looking to see who is the most qualified. Once he has his hand on you, you become the most qualified for that purpose. The next word is instrument. I just want to read the scripture again. But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen instrument. This instrument, an instrument, do you know what an instrument is? Not like a musical instrument, although an instrument is actually an instrument. It is a tool with a specific purpose. It's a tool. It's not, it's not random. It's a tool with a specific purpose. A shovel, um, a bullet, a screwdriver, a mug, a coaster. They're all instruments and they are created with a specific purpose. Next word of not his own. Come on. Listen, Saul, I'm sorry, but the Lord said to him, but the Lord, but instead of responding the way he thought he should respond, the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen instrument of that word of right there, it's a possessive word. It's here to show possession, right? Um, I am a mother of three that shows that my three kids are are my are uh possess me, right? The word of um, I'm the wife of Michael, I am his possession, I am his wife. Do you understand? I am the daughter of Joyce's. Do you know what that means? That means that I am her daughter. That puts me in her possession, right? That's the it, it's, it lets you know that there's going to be some possession going on. There's about to be something possession going on, some possessive noun or word or some type of qualifier. That word of lets us know that Saul is not his own. He is not self-selected. He is owned by somebody else. He belongs to somebody else. How many of you know that you are the chosen instrument of? You do not belong to yourself. You are not your own. You are not self-selected. You belong to somebody. And God says, mine, he is a chosen instrument of mine. Who is he talking about? God, your Lord, the one you have devoted your life to, the one under whose name men and women are healed, delivered, and saved. Mm -hmm. For, but the Lord said to him, I just got one verse, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument instrument of mine he belongs to me he is a chosen instrument of mine now i told you instrument means that it was there's a, there's a, it's a there's a specific purpose here comes the word to that lets us know in order to it's not a delivery it's it's not like oh i'm giving this to you um this implies um some type of action right this applies some type of action with a purpose with an assignment and that assignment is to carry take hold of and transport my name the power life transforming name before for the viewing examining experiencing of the gentiles seen by many jews as unworthy this is an unworthy group and in addition to them 
plus there's more kings those who temporarily hold um are th those who temporarily are in a role um, in seemingly high places and seemingly high standing there, their standing is temporary. And it means in addition to the Gentiles and the kings, he will also be taking them to the children of Israel. These are the chosen, stiff-necked, historically rebellious, but still chosen people of God. Let me read that verse one more time. But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Here's the thing. What you have to understand that is, yes, Saul had a past, but he's chosen. He, he was horrible, but chosen. He was misguided, but chosen. He was in the wrong, but chosen. Presently blind, but chosen. Presently struggling, but chosen. Presently waiting on instruction from God, waiting for healing from God, waiting on release from God, waiting on deliverance from God, waiting on guidance from God, but chosen. God has chosen you. He is aware of your past. You are that. Yes, but chosen. I used to watch this show. I watched all of it. Madam Secretary is a great show. I love that show. I, I am recommending that. This is not, I don't get any kickback, but if I, if I did get kickback, I'd be happy to take it. Madam Secretary is on Netflix. Um, it's about the Secretary of State and she happens to be a woman. And, and what happens on the show a lot is that there would be something that was top secret that was going on. And then somebody new would come into the room and then they would use this term read in. They would say, oh, it's okay. You can let them know this because he's been read in. She's been read in. What that means? It means there are things that the general public don't know. But this person right here has a certain level of clearance, right? He's got a certain level of clearance so that, um, so that, so that means he's read in. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's got a certain level of clearance so he knows, so he can know this information so we can proceed. We don't have to stop. Isn't it a beautiful thing that the God you serve has been read in? He knows about your past. He knows about all the things that you've done. There isn't a person in this world that can go to God and tell the Lord something new about you. There isn't any information that's going to come up because the Lord being God, being sovereign, he is always read in. He knows what you did before he knows what you're doing right now and he knows that the thing that he created you for will not be stopped because of that thing right he knows that he knows that you said yes he knew you were going to say yes and he knew that as a result of the yes there was going to be difficulty in verse 16 it says for i will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name so he already knew he knew about his past he knew about his present he was the one who blinded him he knew exactly where he was he still had his eyes on him and he knew that there was going to be trouble for saul ahead he said i know that these things are coming but he is my chosen instrument and i got something i need him to do and he's gonna learn that there's gonna be trouble he think that he was bringing trouble to people what he better know is that that yes that he's getting ready to give me because he's gonna say yes that's why he's sitting in ananias the reason god is sitting in ananias is because he knows that when ananias goes to paul and lays his hands on paul that the blindness will be wiped away that paul will then understand who god is and he will no longer be pursuing him without knowing that he's pursuing him and he will lead others to pursue him, but he wants for Saul to know, listen, honey, there are some things as a result of the yes that you have given, as a result of the steps that you have taken, as a result of the position that you have put yourself in, the place where you have relocated because you have followed me, there's going to be big trouble in little China. There's going to be some trouble and there's something that you got to know. God knows about your past. He knows about your present, but you're chosen. You are chosen even though there is trouble ahead. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you that there is trouble ahead, but you have been chosen, which means you are covered, which means you've been called, which means you are connected. Come on, somebody. I know that this assignment seems like it's too much to bear. I know that things are tight right now and things are stretched right now. I know that things are thin right now. And in some areas, things are thick right now. But what you have to know is that God chose you and he was ready in to all of the things that you would face because of the yes. 
if you are honest, there are some things that you are struggling with right now because you said yes, because you said I do, because you decided to stay married, because you decided to change your mind about how you would live your life, because you decided to get involved, because you decided to serve, because you decided to give, because you decided to get yourself out into the marketplace and help people heal. If you are honest, there are some things that you are dealing with right now because you said yes to the call in your life. Guess what? The Lord is not surprised by that. God has chosen you and he's aware of your past. He understands. He has picked you. Do you know what that means? It means that you are the solution. Come on, somebody. You will stand before castaways. You will stand before people that others have thrown away. You will stand before common folks. But let me help you understand. You will also stand before kings. You will stand before greatness because it's on you, because you're chosen. You will stand before greatness. There is something that you will take to people who have a higher standing than you. Do you understand? Can somebody say in? Is there anybody in here today that realizes that you've been chosen? And even though that your standing isn't exactly where you thought it would be, you understand that because you're chosen, you will serve greatness. Greatness is in you and you will serve great men and women. We know that our gifts will make room for us. But do you understand that you were chosen to do that? That it's a part of your calling, that your calling is going to take you before great men. Do you understand that there are people who had an opportunity, come on somebody, to do this? thing. There was somebody else that the Lord called. There was somebody else that the Lord wanted to do it through, but because of how they have mismanaged the opportunity, he is rising you up. I said this this week to my best friend. I think that we're going to look back on this time in history and realize that this was the time that God was raising up his daughters. First to, the, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. There are so many women who are leading in ministry right now First to the men, now to the daughters. Come on, somebody. Do you understand that Saul is being sent out before castaways? That's who the Gentiles were. God knows that he's going to stand before great men and that he will also take it to the children of Israel. The children of Israel were the first chosen. I don't, I don't think that men weren't meant to, to lead. They were chosen first. And I know that some would like to shut us up as women, want us to keep our mouths closed, but I'm telling you right now, the Lord ain't gonna use no donkey and not use me. Do you hear me? So when he gives me a message, I'm gonna open up my mouth and speak. I ain't gonna let no rock out praise me. I ain't gonna let no rock out preach me. Do you understand? I ain't gonna let no trees out preach me. I'm gonna stand up flat footed, 10 toes down, and I'm gonna bring the word that God has put on my life. Do you understand? Do I have anybody that understands that that where you are right now, you're right. It was for somebody else first. It wasn't for us. It wasn't for me first. It was God's plan. It wasn't. Listen, God's plan always included his daughters. God's plan always included the Gentiles. It always included them. It always included them. But it was first to the Jew. And he says, Jesus, Peter says, Jesus is the cornerstone that the builders threw away. The ones who were supposed to be building the church threw away the thing that the church could not stand without. I wonder what will be said. I wonder what will be said about this time in history. That ministry, calling purpose, serving, loving, discipleship, was the thing that came first to the men, then to the daughters. Listen, I don't want us to miss Ananias. I know that we, it feels great to be salt, but I also don't want us to miss Ananias in this lesson. I want you to see that God used Ananias to pray, to heal, and to deliver somebody Ananias didn't think was worthy. God is going to use you to pray, to heal, to love, to serve those you think don't deserve it. And, and somebody out there, he has positioned, he's positioned you geographically speaking. He's getting ready to position you geographically speaking for your purpose. It's not a coincidence. He is sending someone somewhere. 
right? It's not a coincidence that the persecution sent them out and that Ananias would be in Damascus location. Somebody asked me in my DMs this weekend, this week, um, what do I think about the geographical will of God? And I was like, I don't know what you mean. You know, tell me more. I'm sure I have an opinion about it. Do you think that there are locations, physical locations that are in the will of God where he is sending his people? And I said, absolutely. And I don't just mean missions, right? I don't just mean traditional or uh, what we think of like missions work, going to other countries and things like that. I think that some of you are located some of you are being pulled to new job positions, to new um, companies. I think that some of you are being sent to new churches. I think that some of you are being sent to new cities. I think that some of you are being sent to new states and countries. Why? He's positioning you there because there is somebody else on the path to that place. And he intends for you to serve your purpose in that person's life in that location. If you don't take anything else away from this, I want you to understand that God is looking at your future, not your past. God, God, is, God is looking at your future, not your present. That's not what he's focused on. This assignment he's got you on, this space that, you went, that you're in right now, God is... Um, God is preparing you because he knows what's to come. He's not confused. He's not surprised by the, the internal struggles. He's not surprised. Listen, listen. I feel like every single week that I don't have a sermon by like Thursday, I'm questioning whether or not the Lord has called me. I'm like, well, maybe the Lord is done with me. Maybe he's finished. There's a struggle. There's this mental struggle I got to get through, right? Even with that, even in this, even in the presence of your self-doubt, um, your feelings of inadequacy, your feelings of unworthiness, even in, even though that's your present struggle, even though you feel forgotten right now in your situation, God is focused on your future. We got to continue to trust him because things are difficult. Things are hard. Things not easy, but you chose it. And that chosen means you are qualified and capable. Now, I know everybody does not know the Lord, but we're going to fix that today. If you, you just, you feel like, you know what? That sounds good, courage. That sounds nice. But the truth is, you know, I don't really know Jesus like that. He cool. I mean, I heard about him. But if I'm honest, I know he chose me, but I haven't chosen him. That, that'd be the thing. Don't that be the thing? <laughs> okay, that's for me. I promise we about to get out of here. That's for me. Don't that be the thing? The Lord and chose you. But you won't choose him. The Lord has chosen your calling. But you won't choose your calling. The Lord is all in and developing you in that area, but you're not all in and being developed in that area. And so maybe the Lord has chosen you as his child. You have been chosen. God has sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. He wants to have a relationship with you even now. I don't care what sins you are currently practicing. I don't care what happened in the past. I don't care how you live in. I don't care about none of that. I'm telling you right now that there is a God in heaven who loves you and who wants to have a relationship with you. And if And he's picked you. So if you're, he already picked you. He know all about you. He know about that too. He know about that stuff your mom don't know about. You know what I'm saying? He knows about that too. And he still chooses you. So if you want to choose Jesus today, that I want you to say this prayer with me. Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. Now listen, if you said it, that settles it. If you said it, 
then I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. I want to do more than just welcome you. I want to equip you. I want to connect with you. Please send us an email at praise at boldfaith. Tell me I should be done. Please send an email to praise at boldfaithchurch.org. And uh, someone from the care team is going to send you an email and get you connected and, and get you um, get some resources in your hand um, as you get ready to walk this out. If you decided that Bold Faith is your church, Bold Faith Community Church is your church, it's my church, and you have not declared that yet, or you've kind of been on the fence and you just you want to make sure that we know, send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org. If you were turning back if you feel like you kind of fell off from the Lord, but now you're about to get back on the good foot because uh, you realize that you are chosen no matter what else has been going on in your life, then send us an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Um, I pray that this has blessed you. And if it has, be sure to share this video. If there is anybody in your life that you want to encourage, you can hit that share button to share the link. Uh, go ahead and hit that like button so that YouTube knows that you like this. If you want to support us, you can hit that like button and be sure to um, head over to boldfaithchurch.org so that you can give your tithes and offering. We could not do this work without you. Um, this is the work that God has called us to do. And if you want to be a part of what God is doing in and through this church, then um, you can give your, your tithes and your offerings there. But y'all know we are not done. We are getting ready to get into our life group. We're going to have some, um, some fellowship, as they used to say in the olden days, and conversation and community so that... Um, we can take this word and put it in our heart and make it manifest some fruit. We can do some work with this thing. So connect with us. Uh, we love you. Can't wait to see you on the inside. Now, let's see how many of y'all come to the inside. Come on now. I love y'all. I want to see y'all. All right. I love y'all. See y'all in a little bit on the Zoom. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.